We're going to build a wall. It's going to be built. Please. You think you're fucking tough, you're about to get it. Welcome. Believe it or not, it's not even a difficult thing to do. Two. Because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. The Uncommon Sense. I think you mentioned in your opening statement that you had been disbarred. Podcast. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. Social justice is not true justice. Justice is justice, and true values need no qualifiers. Proponents of social justice are social engineers. They work to transform the structure of entire systems, regardless of their containing aspects of real justice, to tailor the results to their desired outcomes. Everything social justice claims to oppose, meaning the discrimination and oppression of people on the basis of race or gender, is already an agreed-upon position by all reasonable people. In addition, if discrimination does happen to someone today, they can take legal action as this position is written into the law. It's not just that social justice cares about justice for members of specific social groups as events happen today, they want to correct for the past. Justice occurs at the individual level. People are responsible for their own individual actions and no one else's, as is one of the central tenets of justice. You can't blame my parents for birthing me when I steal your wallet, as stealing the wallet was not their choice, it was mine. If I steal your wallet, I alone am responsible and must suffer the consequences of my actions. Likewise, you cannot blame me if my dad steals your wallet before I'm born, or if my dad steals your dad's wallet. This is the best mechanism for maintaining a fair society where every person, equal in the eyes of the law, has an equal opportunity to make the most out of their actions. Why is someone being held responsible for a crime possibly committed by their great-great-great-great-great-grandparents against someone's great-great-great-great-great-grandchild? Social justice is not concerned with justice at the individual level. It seeks to transform society systematically to correct for past injustices. Not only are the victims and perpetuators of these injustices and the results thereof untraceable to any calculable degree, but they are said to occur across such large numbers of people that only broad-sweeping correctional changes which affect everybody will suffice. Social justice attempts to rewrite history using people who had no part in writing it the first time, rather than to learn from it. In social justice, wrongdoers are not decided based on the actions of their direct ancestors, and victims can still be classed as victims, regardless of how successful and wealthy they may currently find themselves. Social justice draws the lines of injustice along the arbitrary lines of race. The history of slavery is no longer this. A minority of wealthy, mostly white business people, owned plantations and participated in the slave trade in the southern states of the U.S. from the time the slave trade reached the Americas to the end of the Civil War. This practice was evil and dehumanizing and immoral at its core. We fought the bloodiest war in our nation's history to abolish it, and we must learn from it as to never repeat the mistakes of the past. This view of slavery no longer suffices in a social justice framework. Now, History might as well say something like, All people today with white skin own wealth that was at one point stolen from the ancestors of every person with black skin. If you are white, it doesn't matter if your great-grandparents came to America on a boat from Ireland 70 years after slavery ended. You own stolen goods. 
if you are black. It doesn't matter if you have both black and white ancestors and find yourself in a position of wealth and power today. You are a victim. The reality regarding slavery is that the economy, when slavery was outlawed in the 1800s, contained tiny fractions of the wealth it possesses today. Agriculture, which was the industry which benefited most from enslaved labor, hardly accounted for a substantial portion of the whole U.S. economy even then, as the industrialized northern states where slavery was outlawed were far more productive. Even if all wealth produced at that time was by enslaved labor, the amount of wealth produced since the practice ended is exponentially greater. Since the 1860s, the U.S. economy has benefited from the invention of the automobile, the airplane, the assembly line, the telephone, the automated tractor, the television, the internet, cell phones, and box cereal. It has also seen the founding of the Federal Reserve, the stock market, spurring stark economic growth, the economic boom of the 1950s, and the internet's effects more than tripling the country's GDP since 1990. Not to mention the destitution of all people during the Great Depression, which essentially wiped the slate clean. Now this is not to say that discrimination did not still occur, and black people had all the opportunities white people did over the span. There was still rampant racism and systematic barriers like the Jim Crow laws that may have prohibited the success of many black people. If that were the case, there would have been no need for the civil rights movement. It's also not to say that we live in a perfect world today and there is no need for improvement. Obviously, we always need to work to get better. The point of highlighting this economic growth, however, was to show that how every person in the system has benefited. It's simply not true that every white person invented the car and the iPhone, while every black person tried to invent the internet in 1950, but were all prohibited from doing so. In a capitalist society, a select few individuals benefit immensely by enriching the overall population slightly. Wealth is not a zero-sum game. It grows with every economic transaction and productive activity. Every American today has access to cars, cell phones, computers, air conditioning, public education, public libraries, grocery stores with shelves stocked full, and clean water. Every single one of us is richer than 99.9% .9 of people who lived in 1835. How are we supposed to account for ill-gotten wealth which no longer exists at any significant or measurable level? The answer is, we aren't. Social justice is not about justice at all. It merely uses it as a guise. Its desire for all people to have equal outcomes takes precedence over any contradicting fact of history and is Marxist at its core. The Bolsheviks didn't propose the mass killing of 20 to 25 million people the Soviets are attributed. They ushered in the communist regime with the good intentions of correcting for history and making all people equal. The Nazi party did not garner political support by proposing a genocide. They convinced people to demonize all Jewish people as being responsible for the economic hardships caused by a few Jewish-owned banks. Justice is the value of fairness. We are all seen as equal under the eyes of the law. We are all given the freedom to choose our own actions and either reap the benefits or suffer the consequences thereof. Social justice is an evil perversion of justice and we cannot repeat the deadliest mistakes of the 20th century and allow its proponents to rewrite history to fit its malevolent narrative. You're listening to Uncommon Sense.
Hello and welcome to Uncommon Sense. My name is Matt Cashel. I'm joined today by my co-host. Zachary Crosby. How are you doing tonight, Matt? Pretty good, pretty good. about yourself? Doing pretty good, no complaints. Uh, Tell them about our... uh, little unorthodox scheduling we got going on right now. So today we're uh, we're talking about social justice, a little uh, change of pace from our normal current events um, takeaways, but we're hoping you guys, uh, you like the switch up of topic. Um, a little unorthodox, but we're hoping it sticks. Yeah, uh, we're definitely, we're definitely hoping to uh, give you guys some knowledge on some, some topics that usually are um, expected to be known in the world of politics in the world today. Um, so we're going to shine some light on that for you guys. And we are going to give the views of both the left, the right. We're going to tell you exactly what social justice is, what social justice is versus just regular justice. We're going to give you some examples. Um, and then we're going to go from there. Yeah. Um, we're going to try our best to steel man the left. Um, but you know, it's extremely hard when it comes to social justice. Right. To steel man. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, so do you want to get us started? They're probably, they're so probably sick of hearing me talk already from the, uh, from the intro. So, so let's, let's just start with a basic concept of what social justice is. We have, we have that social justice is justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society. Social justice is a, has always been around, but as of lately, as of, uh, I would say, 2008, when President Obama took office, social justice has become more and more apparent in today's society and in today's, today's politics. Uh, Mr. Cashel, would you like to give us a more in-depth go at what social justice is? It's it's essentially the way I see it is um, just identity politics. Um, just well, that's that's where it starts. You know, dividing people up based on race, gender, religion, nationality, whatever, um, and basically ranking these people in terms of classes based on how much perceived privilege they have, quote unquote, within the society. Um, so social justice, which seeks to kind of level out every group or race of people. Um, so for example, like white people are seen to have more privilege, um, than all other races. Um, men are seen to, are perceived to have more privilege than women. So social justice is about, um, essentially correcting, uh, like, like handicapping, uh, for the other religions, because they they don't see it as an equal playing field, um, they for right. whatever but, reason decide to group people by, you know, instead of as an individual, um, as like just a member of a group based on some arbitrary quality with millions of other people with that arbitrary quality that are completely unrelated. But we can use. An example, the example of the infamous Gillette commercial that was that just aired not too long ago. The the Gillette commercial basically stated that well, Gillette is a shaving company, primarily a men's shaving company. They got into the women's market uh, as of recently, probably the past few years, 
And the, the commercial really encompassed a view that all men are either um, sexually abusive to women, uh, rapists, pretty much in that same, you know, I guess culture, You one would say. So right. we're going to cover topics such as, you know, the race, or race rather, the, the up-and-coming and the, the now prominent trans movement. We're going to cover Obama, President Obama's affirmative action. And we are also going to cover men versus women's pay in society, equal pay. We're going to give you both the left and the right view of all of these topics. But first, we are going to start with justice versus social justice. Uh, Mr. Cashel, if you could. So, um, based on internet given definitions uh justice yeah. involves concepts of right and wrong and people receive positive positive or negative sanctions based on their past performance social justice however maintains that all people deserve and should have access to the same rights and resources most people accept that premise but differ in how to achieve that equality social justice looks for equality in and out of the court system so those are I mean, justice it's it's yeah, pretty straightforward justice is, right right so it's pretty straightforward justice the concept of right and wrong if you murder somebody you are going to go to jail that is justice that you you whatever your view is if you're a hardcore uh conservative you may believe in the death penalty if you are not you may just believe that they should go to jail uh, right social right. social justice is that the you know white white people have more privilege than other groups such as blacks uh, asians hispanics whatever it is it's that and with justice it's all based on the individual um like if you're you are responsible for your own actions and no one else's whereas social justice if somebody with your same um skin color or gender or whatever commits a crime um you are seen to hold some like you're seen to bear a certain amount of responsibility for that person committing the crime, even though you've you know never met them, never seen them, didn't know they were going to do the crime, had no part in it. Just like you being um, associated with them by your race or whatever arbitrary quality uh, puts you in the same like boat as them. Like you're seen as yeah. guilty in some way. Yes, that's that is pretty much the basic understanding of justice versus injustice. I believe it was uh, Mr. Ben Shapiro from the the Daily Wire. I think Ben Shapiro said something similar. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Said something. Um, justice and social justice are actually exact opposite, and he goes in direction of why he says that. But we will leave that to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> so what are what are some examples what are some of the, of the examples of social justice that we've seen in the past what so anytime you hear um somebody on the left talking about like white privilege for example because they use that a lot they're talking about social justice so they're not they're not saying that um you as an individual are more privileged than any you know, one individual black person that may be more, that may be better off than you. They're saying that because you're a member of a race of people, 
which ha- may happen to be 180 million people strong, because you're a member of that race, you carry more privilege in society. Um, like you don't have to worry about um, getting shot by the cops just walking down the street. You don't have to deal with, you know, you get better education. You're seen as non-threatening. It was some of the classic examples they bring up. Um, and it's very, it's very, it's a very oversimplified look at society and the way people actually live their lives. Um, but they, the, the left will use that a lot as essentially like, um, seizing the moral high ground and that, you know, because you're more privileged, you have, uh, your, your opinion means less in whatever political discussions going around and they use it, they weaponize it. They use it as a weapon, um, to, you know, quiet people's free speech, um, to do all sorts of things to, uh, essentially, you know, use your race or whatever against you and saying that, you know, your political opinion means less. Right. And, and sometimes it's not even, or most of the time outside of politics, it's, it rarely has to do with your political opinion. Most of the time, these the left uses this as a weapon to come at your character almost saying that you have you have more of an opportunity than someone else based on your group so the common theme we see with uh equal pay is that men are paid for every for every one man's dollar is i, I think the the number of this now they use is 77 cents for a woman's dollar but there are so many factors that go inside of that that just right. one loaded statement that the left never really decides to bring up, but they just encompass it as, as just a, a group a just, you, you're not a person you're, you're in, in this group altogether. So exactly, that's exactly. It's just that's identity what the left politics. It's, yeah, exactly. Identity politics is hitting the nail on the head there. So to, to use that, uh, to, to go further with that example of the, the wage gap, um, they use that example all the time. You know, women are paid 70 cents to the man's dollar. You know, we have to change this. Um, this is, it's, it's, it's looking at society, um, in very broad terms where, you know, all women are put into a group against all men and then they just sum up all their averages, divide by how many people are in and they get, oh, men are making 33 cents more than women for doing the exact same work. And this has been debunked hundreds of times. Number one, JFK signed the Equal uh, Pay Act into law in, I believe, 1963. You're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of um, race or gender in terms of paying wages. And if you are, you could be sued. <laughs> so exactly. that's already yeah, in that's, the law. That's, so you, that's not, that can't be what they're arguing for. They're arguing more so, they're just mad that men are making more money. And they see it as it's not men are earning more money by working more hours, taking, you know, going into more high paying fields with more dangerous jobs. Um, by and large, this is again, this is we're speaking in general terms here. Obviously, there are plenty of capable women that go into dangerous fields and make plenty of good money. Then, you know, there are women CEOs all over the place that are more than capable. But just in general terms, um, men tend to go into more high paying industries Excluding, exactly. Excluding pharmacy, I'm pretty sure every single STEM field is like a 70-30 split between men and women. So it, it, it's, it comes down to a lot more than just, oh, you're a man, oh, you're a woman. We're going to pay you guys different amounts for doing the same exact work. That's not how it works. 
Like we live in a free market. Right. You're getting if you're getting underpaid, no matter what. Like if you think you're getting underpaid for your race or your gender, first of all, you could sue. Secondly, you can leave that job and go find a pl- somebody that somewhere that's going to pay you. You know, for the work that you're doing. If your work is really that valuable, then somebody will pay you for it. Otherwise, it's not well, that valuable. One hundred percent. This we see the the arguments from the right all the time. The the arguments most common are that. You know, men more likely to die at work, men in more dangerous professions, men in higher professions such as engineering, um, finance, business, accounting, whatever it is. We have, and then women are in more roles or are in fill more roles like nurses, uh, caretaker, caretaking industry. You know, that's that's really where the bulk of the the statistics behind the statements come from. Um, it's not saying that no women are CEOs and are making billions of dollars. I mean, you see Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, in a political position making $150 million, or that's her net worth, and, and no one's questioning is it. it as, really, as a, is it really just, $150 million? No way. That it seems like a lot. Uh, no, I, I really, I, I think the last time I checked, I, I could be wrong, but I think the last time I checked, it was 160 Let's see. Let me let me let me dabble into this. Eight, um, I'm seeing eighty million right. Now. She took a five million dollar mortgage and an eleven million dollar decrease in asset recently. Uh, Paul Pelosi right. well, owned about twenty seven million dollars in assets. Whatever the the point is that there's there's plenty of of extremely successful women. In, in corporate America, like the look at look at Shark Tank, like Barbara Corcoran, um, Lori Grenier, like there's 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 countless examples of women that are able to be successful, but they do it at you know the sacrifice of settling down and starting a family, which turns out to be what if you leave women the freedom to choose what they want to do, that is generally what they tend to choose for their own happiness most of the time. Exactly. So the left doesn't really have a problem with, um, you know, they, they, they really just have a problem with human nature is what it comes down to. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't help that they're all deranged, most of them at least. So It's just like how can you attack a free society where people are just, you know, making choices based on what they want to do and not what they're being forced to do and, like, pick out problems based on just, like – bland statistics that you see like just because you want every single demographic to be equal in every way imaginable like they want equal outcomes in in every possible way i mean you can't really blame them they they fully supported president obama as a president or as as a, a democratic primary and then into the presidency after after he won the presidency, the dude could the dude could say anything, and the and the left would applaud him. Um, he was he was a great speaker, but this really became um, into the, this really shined into light when he signed the affirmative the affirmative action. Is it a bill? Is is it affirmative action bill? Or is it a legislation? What is it? Affirmative action. I feel like that's been around for longer than Obama. Okay, well, uh, when Obama came into office is when people really started caring about affirmative action. Right. That's when that's when everybody's really, as I said before, I think I said it, it 
came into the light um, around Obama's presidency. Can you briefly tell us what affirmative action is? Affirm- affirmative action is like, um, it's like when, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use an example first. So like yeah, when, you're taking, when you're taking the SATs, you have to mark down what race you are, whether you're white, black, Asian, Native American, um, and then your ethnicity, uh, his, uh, Hispanic or Latino. Uh, and then based on what race you are, your score gets either boosted or docked a certain amount of points. So for, I think for Asians, they get a 30-point deduction. At least this is what it was a couple of years ago when I was taking the SATs. And if you're black, you get a 240-point boost. They don't actually like add those points to your score. It just like that's how it weighs into the equation. So in terms of like the amount of people they accept, um, right? With it's, it's almost scores. like it's an it's almost like it's an unwritten um, in parentheses on the application depending on what race you are. Right, and so the reason that that is that's damaging is because one, it's discriminating against white and Asian people because they're not. You know, you can score a 1600 or close to it, but be passed up for somebody of a lesser score. That's another, that's a minority race, like a black person that scores like, like, um, like a 1480, which is still a high score, but nowhere near yours. You can be passed up just because you're not a member of the minority race. Whether that one individual black person went to a better school than you, had, has a family that makes more money than yours, um, you know, all sorts of factors that you as an individual could have been at a disadvantage against them as an individual. You still scored higher, but because you're a, you're a white person, you're being penalized. Um, it also hurts the people that it's purported to help, like black people. So if you're, um, if you're hiring somebody and you see that they went to, let's say, Cornell, for example, um, you don't know if they got into Cornell let's say it's a black person you don't know if they got into cornell based on their merits like they could have gotten a 1600 on the sat they could have got a 4.0 gpa or they could have gotten a 1480 on the sat and you don't really know because of these affirmative action things so you don't know how qualified they are really because they could have gotten help so for the the, the people that like so if you're a black person that actually gets a 1600 you're in the same group as black people that get 1480s but got like a, an extra boost to get there. And for somebody that doesn't know that, they don't really know whether you're there based on your merits or because you got some type of assistance. Right. The, I'm pretty sure there was the, a study, a Harvard review study done in, I think it was 2016. I don't have the exact date. And it was the Harvard review basically did a review for Ivy League school SAT applicants, and they said that the average score um, on a two-part basis for Asians on the SAT was between five or fifteen. I think it was fifteen twenty, and about fifteen eighty was the was like the twenty-five to seventy-five percentile. Yeah, um, and they were finding the Asian that Asians in those percentiles were actually getting uh, rejected from the Ivy League universities. Um, and that whites, uh, Hispanics, and blacks were getting accepted with lower scores than those same the 25th and 75th percentile Asians. Um, right. Because now, 
obviously there could be different situations within with money with gpa but that basic statistic which we shouldn't rely on but yeah, that's that's the statistic I'm using right now. Well, I mean, the reason why is, they use standardized tests is they're they're very good predictors of success at the next level. Oh yes, of course, of course. And if you if you have a statistic like that, that's skewing the information. You can't really understand what's going on when it comes to the application, um, when it comes to those scores that are on the applications. Right. Um, so. That's, so that's the, the generally like our our breakdown of what it is, our general opinions on it. Um, so the reason why the left pushes these types of, of things. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get before we get into the reason the left pushes it, I just want to read the internet definition, um, the, the textbook definition, so the people listening could have another understanding, another point of view. The definition is in the context of. Uh, allocation of resources, employment, or education is the practice or policy of favoring individuals belonging to groups known to have discriminated, have been discriminated against previously. So with that being right. said, tell us, tell us what the left uses this for. So the rationale behind this is they use, um, and for, in favor of minorities, they use, um, certain instances in the past where entire groups, entire racial groups um, were discriminated against and put at a disadvantage. Um, they, they do talk about slavery, like I addressed earlier, um, but a lot of times they, you know, they'll talk about the Jim Crow laws, um, they'll talk about how difficult it was for, um, you know, black people, for example, in the South, uh, even after the civil rights movement to, you know, gain wealth because there were discriminatory renting practices. There were people discriminated against hiring black people uh, in jobs. Um, they were pushed into low-income housing areas like projects. Um, and generally, black people tend to be more at a disadvantage. And affirmative action intends to um, help people who have you know, not as great public schools, not as great access to um, certain, you know, as, you know, just just in general, um, put at a disadvantage based on a situation to no fault of their own. Um, and to that, I say, sure, I'm not against that. The, the problem is they're not doing it based on any... Um, they're, they're trying to correct for the past um, and give everybody an equal opportunity, put everybody on equal footing, and whatever. Right. Which is fine, but they're doing it on the basis of race. They're not doing it on the right. basis of any actual environmental factors that go into how well people do in school. Like, they're not doing it based on... Um, you know, average income of your town. They're not doing it based on um, amount of people in your town. Like they're not saying that, oh, like let's say if you have, um, if you come from a town with 300 people and the average income is like $35,000, you're gonna, you know, you, you probably didn't have a great school growing up. You probably didn't have access to very many resources. And if you've right. done well, 
you've had to work against the odds. We're going to give you like an extra 60 points or whatever based on exactly, exactly. You know, the quality of your school. Um, and then go to somebody who lived in like a rich town and had a great public school and great education, great background, all that. Um, and say, we're going to dock you 30 points to try and give the people who didn't have those opportunities um, to go to such a good school a better chance. They're not doing it based on income, though. They're doing it based on race. So if you are coming from a town that's average income was $30,000 and you went to a crappy public school that is falling apart and whatever, and you're white, you are still getting penalized. Whereas if you you're getting double grew penalized. up in an, right, exactly. If you grew up in an affluent community um, and you're black, you are still getting an extra advantage over people who don't have these advantages. So the, the, the problem is they're doing it based on an arbitrary quality such as race and not an actual environmental factor that um, contributes to performance. Exactly. Um, and recently this past, I would say this past year, Trump has reversed Obama's, uh, I guess, policies when it comes to affirmative action and education. And we are working, or the right rather, is working against the affirmative action in education and in the workplace. But we also have other topics under the Obama administration that have been shined into light. And one of those is the trans movement. So, Mr. Cashel, if you could just uh, briefly yes. give us a rundown about the tr upcoming uh, trans movement and how it became well, so popular. What would you like to know? It has been a snowball. <laughs> uh, um, it, it, it is a snowball. Yeah, it just keeps going. keeps going and going. And the left is starting to like eat itself a little bit because they're – a little shaky on definitions. They don't know, like, they, they feel like, you know, they're starting to discriminate against their own a little bit. And it's a little bit fun to watch, but um, the trans movement essentially started with, like, the whole bathroom ordeal um, where trans people, uh, you know, a trans man who identified as a woman has gone through other surgeries, wants to be able to go into the woman's bathroom um, and whatnot, um, you know, Obviously, at the very, very surface level, that doesn't seem like a very big deal. But um, when you take into account the fact that all you need to do to um, qualify as a woman is just say that you identify as a woman, it's very easy to see how a, a male predator, um, like a child predator or whatever, will take advantage of that situation. You know, go into a Walmart, say they're a woman, and then follow a little girl into a bathroom. Um, so this got a, a lot of backlash. Um, and then people that objected to it were labeled as transphobic uh, and whatnot. Uh, and then once again, we devolve into arguing about completely different things, which is what usually happens with the right and the left. Um, 100%. But yeah, so started with that, um, you know. Uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would vouch that it became like a very, very popular topic when... Caitlyn Jenner slash Bruce Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, changed over from man to female. I, I think that's a, a decent gauge as to when the trans movement became so popular. Yeah, it definitely. Now, that definitely gave it some wind in its sails. Now the the trans movement, the problems we're facing today is is that. Trans men who turn into women, 
would like to be called women. But the basic biology that everybody learned in eighth or ninth grade in grade school tells us that there's still a man. Biologically, Do you see yes. any problems with this? Do you see any problems with this? Well, it it do I see any problems with them being still considered a man? No, they're they're still a man. Like biologically, they're still a man. They just believe that they're a woman. As far as like going to like if you know a trans person or you meet a trans person or you work with one, and they are a man who wishes to be um, seen as a woman, they want to be called by a woman's name, use their pronouns. Sure. Like, I don't, I don't mind. Like, if you believe that you're a woman, you want me to treat you like a woman, that's just, like, being polite. I, I have no problem with doing that. The, the problem is when, like, for example, when they make up these genders and they have, like, all these sorts of made-up words that you have to use <laughs> with them and they try and force you to do it, like, they, that's, like, um, yeah, it's, like, that's too far. That's a in, line, that's in, a 2016, too far. in 2016 alone... Uh, there were, or pro, okay, prior to say what, 2014, the, the majority of America considered that there were only two genders. In 2016, I guess the number of genders gained speed, um, which doesn't really make any sense, but it gained so much speed that in 2016, there was reported that there were 58 recognized genders in the world. And now I think the number is somewhere around like the, the seven. Yeah, I was going to say 70s to 80s. And it's so crazy. It is so crazy to the fact that on a birth certificate, two parents can decide whether or not their baby, who has no idea what is going on, they are still a a newborn. They have no idea. They can't even speak yet. They They don't know anything. They can mark that baby as an X, which means it's an identified unidentified rather unidentified individual and they in their future can decide whether they want to be a man a transgender a woman i don't even know the other genders but but now that is it's a complete denial of basic biology right but but there's see the if the left stopped at Listen, you you call me a, a she at, while I'm a, like I'm, I'm a trans woman and I want you to call me a man. If they just stopped there, see that would be perfect. Like right, that would like be completely reasonable. fine with me. Whatever. But, but, but it never when, stops. But when you're going to this crazy unidentified, you're calling a newborn, basically you're not giving a newborn an identity at all. You're just telling it that it's going to when it grows up it can choose whatever it wants to be. See, that makes no absolutely no right. sense. And they talk about all these things like, oh, like gender roles and like gender behaviors, like boys acting this way, girls acting this way. That's all a social construct. Like it doesn't has nothing to do with your your um, sexual, your reproductive organs. It's like, well, right. maybe, but maybe it does, uh, seeing as how <laughs> men and women have different brains. Um, and, you know, again... This is, we're talking in general terms here. There's a lot of overlap, but the differences are at the extremes. And men tend to be due to the uh, higher levels of testosterone. They tend to have higher muscle mass. They tend to be larger physically. Um, They tend to be better at certain things such as, you know, they they tend to be more task oriented, whereas women uh, are better multitaskers. 
um, and organizers and whatnot. Right. You know, right. They have different strong suits because they have different brain chemistry. They're they're biologically different, and because of that, it leads them towards certain, um, you know, quote unquote gender roles outward in society, but. Every social construct is not. It's not just like somebody who's like walking along one day. It's like, oh, I think I want to make women start liking pink. Like, it even everything we do socially is part of our evolution. Like, our society is is not like artificial completely. Like, it's linked right. to our evolution. I could agree with that, but going back to what I just mentioned on where it gets really extremely crazy. Another example is that uh, California just passed a, I would guess to say a legislation or a law or something um, that allows trans men to compete in women's wrestling. So you have these men who have testosterone levels that are through the roof. They identify themselves as a woman and now they are competing in women's wrestling and of course they are dominating the women's <laughs> wrestling. It's and just, and they're winning tournaments left and right what because if, of what if a woman man. what if a I mean, woman who was born a woman decided to take a shit ton of steroids just to just so she could have a similar testosterone levels to the trans woman she's competing against do do you not think that she would get like busted for doping oh of course yeah of course she would be busted like well if, one like, she'd be absolutely destroying cycling. her body. Yeah, but yes, you would get. They would one hundred percent get busted for doping. Right. So how how is that fair? So in order to in order to for a biological woman to compete at the same level as a trans woman, she has to cheat to get there, and then she's not allowed to play anymore because she cheated. Right. This, by the way, this this whole. Um, the, the rights argument against, not against the trans movement, but I, I guess against all of this craziness that we're talking about right now, is that the basic biology tells us that a, a man is X, a man's XX and a woman is XY. No, no, other, other way around. No, no, other way around. Other <laughs> way around. I apologize for that. I apologize for that. I'm getting into the craziness now. <laughs> Fuck me, right? You're falling for it, dog. <laughs> you just spent too much time around. No. So, so the man's basic biology uh, in chromosomes. He, in a man is an long. XY. <laughs> I've been living in in, uh, in. I've been spending too much time in the Upper West Side. Um, uh-huh. th- basically, that a man is has XY chromosomes, which gives him the, that the different brain functions, the more testosterone, and the woman has those XX chromosomes that makes them better at organizing and the, all those things that you mentioned. That's the basic breakdown of the right view. The left view is fuck you, fuck biology, fuck all that. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to say what we want to do. And I'm going to identify as a computer tomorrow. And it's not just that. It's it's not just I'm going to identify as a computer. Let me live my life in peace and you go over there and live yours. Oh, no, no. It's, then, it's, then you have you to call have me to, a computer. <laughs> yeah, you have to change the way that you behave uh, to recognize that I'm a computer. Like it's not just that I want to be like this thing and then like you leave me in peace. It's, I want to be this thing, and I also want to make you validate it. And I'm going to shove it down your throat until you accept it. And if you don't accept it, you're a bigot, you're a hater, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bigot. Yeah, bigot, bigot. Uh, So I think we... we... 
Dude, you know, I think we did a, the, a nice what? The 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 craziest thing is that there's two contradicting arguments, both coming from the left about the on like on this topic. So the people that are like making up all these these genders and stuff are saying that um, sex and gender are unlinked. Gender is a social construct. You can be whatever gender you want to be. Just make it up. Whatever. Like you just you choose your gender essentially. Like you can choose to be whatever gender you want to be because it's just a social construct. It doesn't actually have any biological founding. That's one argument. And then on the other side is the trans argument, which is that. I'm a man who believes uh, I'm in the wrong body. I believe that, you know, I was born into a woman's body, but I believe that I'm a man. That means that there is a difference between men and women. Because if there's no difference between men and women, then fine. Like, you're not, you're not a man or a woman. You're just, you make it up. But because you feel that you belong in the other one's body, you believe that they're both, you know, a thing. Right. That's exactly now this is very we're we're just giving a very broad a very broad sense of what the trans movement is. We gave a very broad sense of what affirmative action is. Um, we can go into more detail. It's that's doesn't matter, whatever. But that's basically for the for the viewers, that's just a broad a broad, you know, view of what's going on in social justice today. Uh, Mr. Cashel, do we have anything else for the viewers for today, or are they just going to have to tune in tomorrow and hear some more I, greatness? Uh, I think we're, I think we're just about running out of time. We might be getting to uh, Twitter time here, but uh, yeah, as far, <laughs> as far as social justice goes, you know, I think we've uh, exhausted, you know, as much as we probably can as far as uh, people's, you know, attention spans are concerned. But uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Listen, if you guys want to hear other stuff to do with social justice, let us know. We're always open to any feedback. If you would like to debate us on any topic, social justice, of course, we are yes, open please. to having anybody on the show. Please. Just know that when you We're come begging. on, you'll be verbally destroyed. <laughs> we are begging for you to come on. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mr. Cashel, it was a pleasure. It was. Uh, would you like to read some, some Trump tweets? Yeah. Let's let's go for it. Let's do our Trump Twitter time. Trump Twitter time. Trump Twitter. It's almost like you could hear the fans chanting it in the background. I I don't hear anything, dude. I don't, this is well. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. You're I'm not playing along. I'm not playing along. Yes, I can see that. Um, Fuck your uh... now. Let's go, let's go, let's give the viewers, or the, the listeners, I keep saying viewers, man, what's good? Let's, let's give the listeners some re- recent Trump Twitter, so in the past episodes we were, we were doing Trump Twitter time, we were doing it between recent and old tweets. Today let's just give them some, some recent, some this recent one, gold. This one was uh, tweeted four hours ago by Mr. Trump, it says, Democrats just, Democrats just blocked at Fox News <laughs> from holding a debate. Good. Then I think I'll do the same thing with, with the fake news networks and the radical left Democrats in the general election debates. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of like, like yeah, like he's obviously like joking. He's not actually gonna do anything. But I can just see it now, like the CNN headlines. Trump says he'll silence media. No, the, yeah, in the, in the next fascist move. <laughs> when will he invoke martial law? And, you know. 
I have a break down the doors of MSNBC a, uh, and start executing journalists. I have a good one here. We have a quoted tweet. Laura Baron Lopez tweets this this basically thing about the oversight of two Republicans um, and adds to do with their their districts when it comes to voting. One of the Republicans, Jim Jordan, quotes a tweet and he talks about the zero evidence of any collusion between Trump and Russia. And then he mentions that a TV commercial from Tom Steyer, who was talking about the collusion between Trump and Russia in a commercial. And he goes, TV commercials from Tom Steyer will not change that. Trump quotes that tweet and says, weirdo Tom Steyer doesn't have the guts or money to run for president. He's (laughs) all (laughs) dude, this is gold. No, how does nobody see this as gold? He just makes up names for everybody, and it seems that those names just stick. Weirdo Tom Steyer. He doesn't even subtweet either. Oh, yeah, no. No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care, which is the best part. That's here, that's why Trump Twitter time is a thing. Here we have, uh, on March 5th, he tweeted, Crooked Hillary Clinton confirms <laughs> she will not run in 2020. Rules out a third bid for White House. Oh, shucks. Does that mean I won't get to run against her again? She will be sorely <laughs> missed. <laughs> dude we have a, we have another one uh this was march 5th in all caps there's no context whatsoever and all it says is presidential harassment that's all it says that's, that's all that's just that's, that's we're getting quoted this all is gold. day by people too this is gold man like this is <laughs> he's connected with oh. the people Right, yes, right after that, loves he said, the people. Republican, <laughs> Republican approval rating just hit 93%. Sorry, haters. Make America great again. <laughs> yeah, yes. Sorry, uh, losers and haters, but my IQ is the highest. Yes, he's... Listen, man. Trump Twitter time is something that we are lucky Gold, to be seeing. Money. We're, we are like lucky to show. be in the same exact Oh yeah, just this like show, this podcast, 100% absolute gold. Is gold. Uncommon it's sense money. podcast. Take it it's, to the bank. Listen, tell your friends. Tell, tell your, your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Tell listen. Tell it. Tell all the liberals about it. Tell anybody you want about us. Tell them to come debate us. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh, in the in the wise words of Conor McGregor, you won't do shit. You'll do fucking nothing. You'll do nothing. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's just, uh, just about all the time for the, we have for yeah. today. Uh, I have been Matt. I do not know what he said because he cut out, but I am Zach, and we will be back to you tomorrow with some good content. So stay tuned. We'll be covering cover, current events and the week of politics. Until next time. Adios. Stay golden, San Diego. In my state of the my state of the union, our state, my speech to the nation. Can I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You st- can you stay counter? You are fake news. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Forget about the disrespect. Facts don't care about your feelings. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just- sauce. Oh, uh, yeah, we've had a problem. People are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. Is it working? Billions and 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 billions. Boom. Roasted.